Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. Hey everybody, good morning. I've got a little bit of a Blair Witch Project thing going here because all of my usual infrastructure is gone. In fact, I called Breakwell a little late today. He may not have noticed because I misplaced his number when I cleaned out my desk. Who knows anybody's phone number anymore, James? What's happening? I I am... Oh, my voice cracked right there. I, this is the first time I've talked today. Uh, I am a little bit shocked that you had my phone number at all. Where Did you write it down on like a secret piece of paper and seal it away just in case in, in like your emergency vault? I would hold it up, but I don't want to give away your number. There is a very specific place I have your number written, and I had to figure out what I did with it and dig it out because I, I packed it, basically. But I don't have my phone holder. I don't have the thing that my phone is usually on. I do have the phone sitting on right now. One of the boxes that remains in the office, which is that mystery box that... Uh, Long-time viewers will remember this is the box that showed up about three years ago, and I still haven't opened it because it has some kind of electronic device in it, and I'm afraid I'll get tracked, or like an ink bomb will explode all over me like we did a bank heist. So that that's what's holding the phone up right now, James. So are you just going to leave that box in your empty office to make it the next owner's problem? <laughs> you know what's funny? So, uh... We got a lot of viewer mail again this week. I've got uh, some of the highlights pulled out, but apparently when we propose a problem, we get a number of solutions <laughs> okay. that are offered. <laughs> and last week, I talked about what to do with the James Breakwell poster in the bathroom, and I may even take a jaunt down the hallway to give people video evidence that your picture is still the only thing left on the walls in my office. But we got uh, suggestions. What to do with the Guam quarter of fate? We got suggestions. So I suppose I can throw it to the viewers and the listeners and say, what, what shall we, I'm going to bring you into this too, Breakwell, because you're now an accessory to this crime. What shall we do with this mystery box? Well, my solution has been exactly the same the entire time and remains the right solution. Just open the box. What do you think is going to happen? It's been three <laughs> years. Whatever was in there has been reported as undelivered a long, long time ago. There's, there's no possible way somebody is still checking their mailbox every day for something that came three years ago. Also, had you opened it like a response, you could have either returned it at the time, you could have opened it at the time to figure out what it was, but you, you did the worst of all possible worlds. You waited well past the point when they needed and then... And it's still sitting there like at this point that laptop is probably unusable the technology is three years old that's like a million years old in computer terms so turn it on <laughs> let the fbi track you and then just deal with the consequences i don't know i feel like brad pitt at the end of the movie seven like uh, no actually i'm more morgan freeman like, uh, I, I don't think Brad Pitt, which is you, because you're reckless and impulsive and uh, are probably going to shoot Kevin Spacey <laughs> at the end of this, but that uh, you're just saying, what's in the box? What's in the box? And I'm like, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Nothing's in the box. It'll all be okay. 
and maybe I will leave it here and just let the whatever merry maids or whoever comes in for the landlord to clean up after I leave. They can deal with it. I don't know. I may take the coward's route, James. You do realize that if you leave this box in there, first of all, you're going to get fined for not cleaning out your office. <laughs> then they're just going to send the box to you at your new location. Because they're going to assume you are the owner of the box since you have had possession for three years. You can't just abandon property in a rental unit. They're going to they're gonna think it's yours. There, there is a connection. Like, what in your mind is the worst thing that's going to happen if you open this box? Like, walk me through this scenario in Steve World. There may be, like, an electronic beacon that is placed that as soon as you open it, sort of like the exploding ink caps that are in like uh, money that bank puts in those bags with a dollar bill on the side that guys with masks and striped outfits came running out of the bank with, but uh, that it's going to blow up on me either metaphorically or literally. Metaphorically, the beacon would send like some kind of homing be, uh, uh, I'm going to use Beacon again to the uh, like the CIA or Interpol or something, and that'll allow them to triangulate my position, which I hear all the time in movies, but I don't know what it means. All I know is that I'm going to get nailed for this, and my shame, my guilt will be found out, and I'll be like splashed all over the headlines and canceled on all the social media platforms, and then you'll have to find a new host, and you know you don't want to do that, James. So think about the consequences to you before you advise me to do something this heinous. Okay, so presumably this laptop has a rightful owner, correct? Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, his name and my address is on the side of the box. Okay, so... If the rightful owner were to turn this on, do you think all those terrible things would happen to them as well? Well, because the rightful owner didn't receive it, the manufacturer of this thing flipped the switch <laughs> at HQ, and uh, that activated the beam. Otherwise, if it would have landed in the correct nest, it would have been fine. But now we need to track this thing down and spare no expense in mobilizing all available resources to do it. You remind me of someone else in my life. It is, it is oh, story time, Steve. Like? It's, uh, <laughs> okay. the, uh, and, and you don't know this story, of course, because you don't read my newsletter with any regularity. No. But I had a friend a while back who had a bat in his house. And uh -huh. because the, the bat didn't bite him, he closed it in a, in a spare bedroom. But uh, he closed it in there, and it took animal control days to get out there. By the time they got out there, they couldn't find it. But they said, it's been days. This thing surely, if it's in there, <laughs> is dead because it's been days yeah. without food and water. This was months ago. My friend, this entire time, has kept this door closed. He just opened it yesterday. And I want to say the bat incident was in July. A bat that couldn't live two or three days without water. He left his door closed for what month? It's three months to make sure yeah. it was dead. He is living his life in fear. Also, also because the bat was there, just in case it bit him in the dark, he went and had to get round after round after round of rabies shots. That's you, Steve. Oh. That's you getting unnecessary rabies shots, leaving your spare bedroom door sealed closed to make sure the dead thing is really, really dead. Is that is that how you want to live your life? Do you want to be closed bedroom door, rabies shots guy? Or do you want to be bold, exciting, open the package guy and come what may? You know what's ironic about you telling that story and somehow looping me in and thinking that I'm the same? I, this door has been open the entire time, James, so I'm nothing like your friend. 
But uh, Revolver1701 wrote, uh, I figured out that these podcasts are really Dr. Steve YouTubing his therapy sessions with Mr. Brickwell. <laughs> Wait, which of, now, which of us is the therapist and which of us is the patient? I, know, of that? That's... That was the point. <laughs> I figured it was you receiving therapy, but now you're trying to talk me through this anxiety-provoking event, and I realize perhaps Revolver had our roles reversed, and it's you therapizing me. I am clearly the most well-adjusted person, not in the world, <laughs> not even in this house, but definitely on the screen right now. So yes, the therapy is going that direction. It's me talking you through disaster after disaster after disaster. <laughs> And then asking, how did that make you feel? And do you think that was a really a good idea? And now what are you going to do the next time? And of course, the next time you do the exact same thing, which is how the therapy industry stays in business. <laughs> All I'm saying is this box, and uh, a few minutes ago I pulled the camera back and uh, showed a quick glimpse of the box. This box may remain as a permanent part of this office suite because I don't know. If I have not just the courage, James, but the audacity to assume whatever's in the box is mine. I'm going to laugh when it actually is for you this entire time. It's something you ordered and <laughs> forgot about. They got the name on the package wrong with the address right. Something you probably long ago reported as undelivered and got a second copy of. And now, for fear, for, for the, because of the fear that is consuming your life, you have needlessly left in the box. Like, what, what else in your life have you left closed? What other doors are you afraid to open? James, I don't just open doors. I kick them down. That's what kind of guy I am. In this case, though, I, uh, you know, mail fraud is a <laughs> felony, James. It is, it is no longer mail if it is in your house. Like, mail is mail if it's in your mailbox. <laughs> if the letter is opened and sitting on your table, it is no longer mail. Like, it is just correspondence that you own. Like, it just, you cannot, you cannot tamper. Like, if somebody, if somebody hands me a box, that's not mail. Like, this thing is there. It's delivered. It's not, it's not in, you're not going in, like, <sighs> going in one of those big metal mailboxes outside with a crowbar prying it open. This is, this is in your property. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, and this is, this is worse than the guy dumping the couch on the side of the road. So you have decided this is an unsolvable legal and ethical dilemma. And rather than doing anything about it, you're going to leave it to the next person who, if it is truly as terrible as you say, if the consequences of opening it are as catastrophic yeah. as you allege, you're just dumping them on the next person. Yeah. May God have mercy on their souls. Yes. Yes. Wow. I have no qualms about that, James, because they then come to a moral crossroads. And uh, they can decide whether to leave it for the next person moving in or take it for themselves, possibly sell it on Facebook Marketplace, maybe just throw it in the dumpster out back. I don't get into other people's business, so I won't speculate. Well, I am glad that in the last two years since we've had this conversation, you have made no progress <laughs> as a human being. Your emotional maturity remains exactly where it was before, and you remain paralyzed by fear. If there's one thing this podcast is about, it's about not growing emotionally. So with that said, let's kick it to the listeners and see what damage they want to do to us. Uh, before I read this first one, uh, and uh, Revolver1701, he wrote a bit of a, uh, of a tome Ooh. to us, so I've had to truncate and divide. But have, are you familiar with the work of H.P. Lovecraft? Yes, I am. All right. You have probably... Now, I have only listened to things about H.P. Lovecraft. I've never read. So you are probably familiar with what the 
the uh, one of his main antagonists' names, and I'll get to it as it's embedded in the uh, in the listener mail here. But you've probably seen it written. I've never seen it written, so I had to look up how to pronounce it. And then I thought, oh, I know that word. I could pronounce it. But uh, we'll get to it in a second. Is it? With that is it Cthulhu? Intro. It is. It is James. He only has one character. Well, that's probably true. But uh, I didn't know how it was spelled. I have just heard it, Cthulhu. But it's spelled very strange. But here's what uh, Revolver opened with. Uh, We need Dr. Steve. Or, I'm sorry, we need more Dr. Steve. And I thought, I'm starting to like this guy. Uh, And then I read what he wrote. Uh, Because... He talks about Desolation Ranch. I think even though he spelled Cthulhu correctly, he misspelled Rattlesnake. Uh, Desolation Ranch, where I'm certain that Cthulhu will next be manifested and, in fact, might be buried in that mysterious grave on his property. Well, that is that is true. Also, I'm impressed that for you, a sentence is a tome. So we now know about your reading tolerance, which is informative. Oh for no, all he's of us. the one that uh, talked about the therapy session too, James. Okay, so two sentences. Okay, we we got it. We know your limits. No, no, <laughs> Breakwell, there was more. I could only write so much before. You know, it's like early in the morning here. I got up at two fifteen today. I keep getting up earlier and earlier, and I've been busy every minute of every day for the last month. Why do you you even go to bed? Why don't you just stay up? Like, if I had to get up at 2.15 for a flight, rather than going to bed at 11, I would just stay awake and sleep on the plane. I will go to bed, sleep a couple hours, and still sleep on the plane. That is the beauty of alcohol in the morning. (laughs) Get to the next listener. Uh, Speaking of low-usage words, I have never seen nor probably know how to pronounce this word, but... Uh, Skyfire848 writes, I can't, this is about what to do with the Breakwell poster. Uh, Skyfire writes, I can't wait for the eventual art history lesson as Steve describes the iconography of the James poster. Ooh. I don't know what iconography is. Well, it's clearly a, a refined and sophisticated art worthy of greater discussion <laughs> in the higher institutions of artistic learning. So we are, we are on the same page there. My image is a gift to the world and definitely a gift to your garage where you will certainly build the shrine I have requested. Well, Jacqueline Schmidt, 4703, has something to say about that, James. Ooh. She says, I think you should send it to James as if it is a shrine. It's the only proper way to do it. Can't, mm-hmm. can't mail a shrine. A shrine like exists in a place. You can mail the, the pieces of a shrine. Are you gonna go and, and scoop up the, the shrine at Lords and just like mail it? You can't, it's, like, it's like mailing a room. You can't do it. Are you comparing your image to that of the Virgin Mary, James? Oh, wait, it was it was it was it Jesus on that uh... Was it Jesus or the Virgin? The Virgin Mary, I thought, appeared at Lourdes, didn't she? You know what? I've got a whole lineup of jokes here, and I'm just going to skip them all. Uh-huh. We're just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, discretion is the better part of valor. I wish I had your restraint, Breakwell. But I'll, I'll read one more, and this one came in the most recently. I hadn't even seen it until this morning when I started writing these down. But Large Jopich wrote, and uh, you and I might want to actually follow up on this. Uh-oh. I'll give you $25 for the original Wrong and Wronger quarter. Whoa. Seriously. Whoa. Uh-huh. Like- uh-huh. 
okay, that, that doesn't even make sense. We, we, we don't have actual fans. And the quarter is probably worth less now that it's been featured in our podcast. <laughs> like the, the U.S. government probably says it's worth 21 and a half cents rather than 25. Uh, so I am we suspicious. We've driven down the price of currency <laughs> with this show. Uh, easily. We've, we've, we've driven down the price of currency. We've driven down the price of ourselves. Like we used to have value, maybe not monetary, but at least some self-respect. And it is, it is gone. It is out the window. Um, but you definitely don't need $25 because I just sent you hundreds of dollars to support <laughs> this podcast that continues to waste our lives and our money. Let's get into that for a second. Do you want to say the amount that you sent or will we just I use sent that you, a I sent you $360. It was for... $360? It, I opened my app and I was like, what the hell? And then I realized you must have had like a mental breakdown or something. Tell me your thought process here, Brady. It was, it's, it's $15 a month. And like, I had to go back to my last invoice, which was from like, a lot of months ago, <laughs> I had to go. And then I, I started counting forward. I had to count on all my fingers and all my toes. And then I realized if I paid up today, then like in eight days, I was going to be behind again. And I said, no, I, I was paid. It was, it was like January of 2021 or something. Last night I paid you or 2022. I was like, no, I'm just going to pay you till the next January. I am paid in advance. I am overpaid. In fact, you are in my debt. And I hope you enjoy that oh, feeling. Oh my. Well, that's not exactly what you wrote in the memo line, it was something far more crude and insulting than that. But uh, I, I don't know if I can accept this kind of a gift, James. I, I may send you $15, uh, $30 back so that we're even. Oh, and then they'll just start guilting me again. You are relentless. I, I don't even know what this $15 does. You say it's what a podcast costs. I, I'm pretty sure podcasts are free. And the only way you, you have to pay is if you do it in some old-timey way with a soundboard where you, you hand the individual <laughs> bites of information to a guy on horseback who has to ride it to the, cent, the central server. Like, What's I, wrong with I, that? I don't know what you're doing over there. Uh, my end of the process over here, all this video editing I do that would cost hundreds of dollars if we paid a skilled editor or even a regular editor with no skills to do that part mm -hmm. is all free also i have never asked for any compensation for all of the <laughs> programs i bought so that i could do this for free because they say it's very free but there were some startup costs there all borne by me without request for reimbursement I believe if people replay last week's episode i literally said the words i don't worry about it and then later that day in my mail, actually, the carrier pigeon brought it over to me but and showed me how to use PayPal. But uh, that showed up in my mailbox, and it was confusing at first. Like, I thought, how the heck? I, I didn't know who paid me or if I had, like, some royalty payment from somewhere. And then I read the memo, and I thought, there's really only two people who could have written a memo like that. And one is Satan. So uh, and usually I get, like, a direct email from them. It had to be Breakwell, and it was you. I, I sent it through PayPal. It, it had my name on it. Yeah, I, that's not, <laughs> I don't know that's not the way it shows up at first. At first see... When I get a payment and I run all of my business through that account, there is a giant number of how much is in the account. And then you have to kind of scroll down for the activity, like what happened when from who. 
And so I just saw the number at first and my eyes spun like slot machines. And then I thought about going out and buying a nice car or maybe booking a nice trip. And uh, by then, Mrs. Steve already sucked it out of my account, then it was zeroed out again. But I, it, I, I do thank you, James, for that generous uh, bookkeeping, I suppose. <laughs> I had no idea where we were at, and now I do. Well, you definitely wanted the money. So when you said, you can say, don't worry about it and mean it, or you can say, oh, don't worry about it with like a martyr <laughs> sigh, like, oh, oh, oh I will be broke without it, but don't you worry, I will bear the burden all by myself for my poor hosting decisions. Like, I I heard it in your voice, and then I did the worst thing possible. I said I would pay you, and I am a man of my word, and I will betray you all day long, but I will not betray myself. When I say something, I mean it, and you got paid, and now we have the funds to keep going, which disappoints us both. I'm fairly certain you still owe me a dollar from a bet that we made a year and a half or two years ago. One of the old timers is probably going to remember and write it in this. Week. I, th- there is, I am paid up for all debts. I, there's no way I can send you $360 and have you say, I still owe you a dollar. <laughs> well, the first time you lost a dollar, you sent a greenback dollar bill in the mail to me which uh, we are also advised against doing, sending cash in the mail. You're, you, man, you live on the edge, my friend. You fly close to the sun. But uh, this, whatever the most recent time was, you didn't. So I, I still feel a little bit butthurt about that, i got to be honest. Okay, how, how much is a stamp? Like 57 cents these days? It's, it's, I think it's sixty to be honest. Oh, I spent sixty cents to send a dollar, plus the cost—the cost of the envelope. Yeah, that just—that uh, seems inefficient to me all around. Why don't you deduct a dollar from the operating costs, and then I only paid you three hundred fifty-nine dollars? Just, just break it up however you want. Um, what would I even owe you a dollar for? I've never been wrong about anything in my life, so I can't imagine I could have possibly oh. lost a bet. I remember what I was looking at when we talked about it, but I can't remember. God, I can't remember what it was. It was around the time of Fravis. Ooh. And I can't remember. It was right in that zone, plus or minus a month or so. Ah, the Fravis so I, zone. I, we, all, we all remember that fondly. You know, <laughs> you, you, the fact that you, you can't read and also make up words, it really, that, that is the highlight of this. This isn't a, this isn't a therapy session. This is, this is a linguistic session. This is, this is you confusing future generations by adding lingo that's specific just to this podcast. It will never be used anywhere else. And I hope when future, future archaeologists come back the data from this podcast is the one thing they find i hope they find us as the representatives of like an entire civilization you know you go back to ancient mesopotamia and you find like two scrolls or you know two chip clay tablets and like this is your representative of everything it is and like what if those clay tablets were just written by some weird dude nobody liked like what if that'd be like if you came back to today and like you find the only thing you find is like an old tumblr post about furries and you're like this is this is it. They worship They worship people dressed up as foxes doing all these weird things. That was their religion. Like, imagine if we were what they found as their example. And they're going and translating, you know, our speech through the lens of Fravis. Like, we could really, really throw off the future's understanding of today. And I'm kind of proud of that. Wow, you have referenced the lens of Fravis. That sounds ancient Mesopotamian, <laughs> actually. Like a god they worshipped. 
they built like Stonehenge as a lens to Fravis. That's pretty good. Yeah. Write that down. It's, we're going to use that. It's um, it's sad all around. We're, we're disappointed, but we're here. Also, I would like to note that Fravis did not catch on after that podcast. I believe it was never used again by you or any other human being. I have used it, in fact, within the last within the last two weeks, I have used it. It, it, give, give me a context. Use, use it in the sentence as you might have. I know you don't remember the exact sentence. You don't remember yesterday. But give me, give me a, a rough approximation. <laughs> our our uh, receptionist, I think. I don't know what the correct term is anymore. Our receptionist at the office grew up in Brazil. And uh, she's sort of, un, every time I use a common American idiom, she's like, I don't know what that means. So I threw Fravis into a sentence. And pretended like everybody uses Fravis. What's the matter with you? And then I had to explain what it means. And I'm fairly certain, because she does take to heart me teaching her the American way with regard to idioms and sayings and slang, that uh, she probably now believes that Fravis is a real American word and kids nationwide are using it. Well, as long as you are dead set on ruining her life, you should probably also gift her that box, say its contents are for her, and then just stand back in a corner and watch and see what happens as they open it. In fact, I don't know why you haven't figured out this solution before. Just pay some kids a dollar to open the box for you. Uh, you clearly have a dollar for me at some point. And then if there is a bomb in there, you're good to go. Only the kid blows up. Well, the kids want cash, and apparently you're a little hard up for that. Hey, before we go, let me walk down the hall with the camera. I have to put the phone down. But I do want to show people, because by the time they watch us next, I will be out of this office. This is the last uh, recording, I think, in this office. What day is next Tuesday? I think the phone will be disconnected by then. But let me, let me walk everyone down the hall, and I'll be right back, Rick. Well, you uh, entertain yourself for a moment. All right. We are, uh, let's see, here is the empty waiting room. Uh, that room is almost done. As you can see, nothing on the walls in my office. But lo and behold, the Breakwell poster above the open toilet. Now that's some kind of some shrine, ain't it? All right, let's get back. File room is empty. Oh, it's a sad, sad day. All right. We are back in, this is a Journey 5 studio, also completely without the hundred pictures on the walls. Nothing but James Breakwell left hanging in this office. And James, I might leave you for the next tenant or the merry maids also. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't know you were there. I, I took a nap. It was, it was a good time. It was honestly my favorite part of this podcast so far. We should probably have more nap breaks in the future. I, I'm sure our listeners would appreciate that as well. Well, the other thing they'll appreciate is walking us out of here. Keep those cards and letters coming on YouTube. I consider them viewer mail. Breakwell considers them superfluous wastes of time. But I don't Flaps. know why he hates our viewers. I... <laughs> so until we meet again, until we come face to phone and bring you more scintillating conversation and viewer mail and how to spell and pronounce Cthulhu, this is Steve. It's Dr. Steve for James the Cthulhu Guru. Guru. <laughs> Guru is what you got for. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>